What other flavors of pudding are there that are edible? I like vanilla pudding. Disgusting. What's wrong with vanilla it's pudding? It's like eating glue. No. It's like, let me just eat this glue. That's like gross. Elmer's glue. That's what vanilla pudding is. No. Is there anything else? Yeah, I love banana pudding. Ugh, I just That's threw like it in my mouth a, a little. southern state for you to not like banana pudding. Well, if it weren't so disgusting. It's delicious. Who wants sweet bananas? Bananas are inherently sweet. <laughs> you big dumb That's idiot. Like, I don't I don't get uh Sundays. Or, like, banana splits. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't get like that. don't like banana splits? I don't well, banana. I made you those waffles with bananas, and you didn't really like that either. Yeah. Like, What's your beef with bananas? Bananas are perfectly fine on their own. I think they need some love and some attention and help. No. They've gotten that. Genetically. We have genetically engineered bananas to be delicious. So Stop. Putting them in stuff. Have you seen the tiny bananas? Plantains? No. <laughs> they have like tiny bananas now. Yeah. I saw a picture. Oh. Your mom okay. sent it to me. <laughs> That's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What's the purpose of those? You just, you don't want to Well, I only eat half a banana at a time. Yeah. So like, was that not... A good enough solution that we had to go make. Well, no, because small then bananas. when you cover the bananas and you put them in the fridge, they get all brown. I guess you just need a friend. I share with the baby now. Yeah. Joey eats my other bananas. bananas. She does love bananas. Do we have time to dilly dally? Like the Not way you were really, talking, no, it's like no. this one's a big one. It is. All right. Well, I guess we'll say hello. And welcome back to another episode of Cryptic and Colloquial, a cacophony of crimes, cults, and conspiracies. I'm Kristen. And I'm Dylan. I am so sorry we disappeared for a week. We're going through it over here. It's one of those things where you're like, we'll do it tomorrow. Well, it was just like, And then okay. it's Friday of the next week. Yeah. it. We've had like a lot of personal circumstances come up that... Um, have been incredibly stressful recently um and when it came time to record this episode i just wasn't in it and i didn't want to half-assedly put anything out there mm-hmm. um especially with an episode this big right like this one deserves justice yeah it it deserves its time its spotlight but how are you other than all of our life crises i'm good yeah i got a motorcycle you did we haven't been back since you got your motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. And in the cr- in the course, he crashed. I did. And my hand hurts still. But, you know, I haven't crashed on the real road yet. Well, that's what matters. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun. I like having a bike. It's very anxiety-inducing for me. But, but I, don't, I don't have, like, a motorcycle personality. I'm just, like, a nerd on a bike. Yeah. So, like... You pull it off, though. I mean... Obviously, all the the gear from, like, head to toe, right? But, like, sometimes at stoplights, I have to, like, lift the face shield to, like, push my glasses up my nose. that's really cute. And then put it back down. And it's it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm not going to take my glasses off. 
I mean, I don't blame you. So. Oh, excuse me. But I am the I'm the motorcyclist that like, if traffic is scooting up a little bit at a mm-hmm. time at a red light, I do like the little tippy taps. Cute. Like. Yeah, I don't. I don't get to see you ride your bike. Like. I don't either. I've seen you tear off. Like today, I watched you pass them in the house, and like when Joe and I were out on a walk the other day, I saw you then. But we should shoot a commercial. Why would we shoot a commercial for what? So that both of us can see what I look like at peak performance. That's silly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we will no longer dilly dally. Then we have a lot to cover. I have a lot of notes here. This week we are talking about the People's Princess. Princess Diana. My favorite. The Princess of Wales. She's like that aunt I always wanted. May she rest in peace. Yeah. So what do you know about Diana? Um, Spill the thesis. There are no words, but um, iconic comes oh, close. Oh, she's so iconic. Like the look, the personality the actions, Mm -hmm. the humanitarian efforts, Mm -hmm. the breaking the mold. Like, and it's important to say that, like, Princess Di was before our time. Right. Right? So, like, everything I know about her is from, like, whatever's available now, right? Like, of recordings and She died when you were three. I was two. Yeah, so I I don't remember Princess Di. Like, yeah. obviously. Right. But um, I've seen a lot of, like, in... Uh, what's the word for, like, internet culture? Pop culture? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff, like, about her life and obviously, like, her children and what they do. Yes. And, like, um, I don't know the two, like, their names, but the one you... that... <laughs> what? 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 Okay. First of all, as a disclaimer here, um, Dylan is not about the royals. No, I don't. I don't like royalty at all. Um, But also, like, I just don't get it. And maybe, like, if I lived in, uh, like, the UK or something, or grew up in a place where like there was royalty, then I Mm -hmm. would like understand it more. But I grew up in Texas, right? And like. The culture is very um, inwardly focused. <laughs> Where we were in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, like, I learned about Texas, mm-hmm. right? And I learned about the United you States. You know, it's always funny to me. I've gone to, like, you know, we lived in South Dakota for several years and other places that I've worked and such. And when I tell people that we had Texas history, that, like, blows their minds. Yeah. It was a requirement for college. Yeah, yeah, I had to take Texas history in college when I was in college here. Yeah. On my undergrad. Mm -hmm. And granted, there's a boatload of history in Texas. Like, it's a lot has happened. I mean, we were our own country at one point, but. But so I don't follow the royals. I don't know that much about their family, right? Um, I know there's like a lot of stuff that what I do know, I'm like, eh. So you're not. Kind of sucks. You know interest fascination nothing about the royals i think it's honestly i think it's kind of ridiculous okay well that's fair i mean i I will caveat that with saying like i don't understand it right like a monarchy yeah yeah well especially 
modern monarchies mm-hmm. where like they don't have power right really they just have money but like from what it's just from it's like old money they have money from having money yeah at this point right and like a lot of royalty stems from like well those were the people whose families had the land yeah at a very crucial time when land became valuable mm-hmm. and then other people started wanting to use their land and so they paid them for it and then they ended up having a lot of money mm-hmm. and so they collected more land and grew power and then you had like a select few families that you know they did that hundreds of years ago or whenever it was depending on the monarchy and now it's like lost to time right everyone that is in power is just in power because their ancestors were in power power, right so i don't know it seems kind of ridiculous but i think a lot of people just like the theatrics i mean it's kind of like being obsessed with celebrities right in hollywood it's it's the same that's all they are at this point they're like rich celebrities yeah but they're not even in movies so i don't know well let's talk about princess die so um Diana Frances Spencer was born July 1st of 1961 to Lord Edward John Spencer and Lady Frances Spencer, um, also known as the Viscount and Viscountess Althorpe. Mm-hmm. See, the, they do have some cool names. Yeah, there, these, were, these were courtesy titles for them. A Viscount. Um, I just think it's it's so fascinating like to learn about like the hierarchy of, I don't know. How, the how British the, nobles, I guess. Yeah. I, it's interesting to me. The structure. Um, so the Spencer family was closely associated with the royal family for several generations. Um, Diana's parents divorced when she was seven years old, and her father gained full custody of Diana um, and then remarried. So she describes her childhood or described her childhood as unhappy and miserable. She was not a very happy child. Oh. Um and then prior to 1981, so this is just kind of like a quick look. I mean, there's lots of like nuances here, obviously. But prior to 1981, Diana worked um, mostly low-paying jobs. She worked as like a preschool assistant, a dance instructor, um, and then finally wound up as a nursing, a nursery teacher's assistant um, in 81. So she became Princess Diana when she became associated and married to prince charles right so she married in yes well the family well, was associated right like she had some like nobility yes yeah her but family then married was into being a yeah. princess right Got so it. she married into the royal family um so prince charles and diana met when she was 16 and he was dating her older sister sarah who was 22 at the time uh, charles was mm. 29 at the time mm. yeah um so they started dating in 1980 and then were engaged in February of 1981. Um, and they kept their engagement like on the DL for a little while, for like two weeks before they announced it. I don't really know the reasoning for that, but. Which, how old was she did. at this point? Uh, God. During the engagement? I guess 20, 19 and oh, 20. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. They got married on July 29th of 1981. Their wedding was like one of the most watched programs 
in British television ever, right? Like millions and millions of people. Was it just that it was like in. the first event? Well, yeah. I mean, it was family? the first marriage like, in a really, really long time. Like since TV became big? <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. I, I think... If, if you think about it, TV like probably became standardized well, does, around the does 50s Elizabeth, and 60s. Does Queen Elizabeth have any children other than Prince Charles? Please hold. I'm not the person to ask. But I will say, like, obviously the family tree gets a little, you know, crossed at some points. Let's see. She has Prince Andrew. I think Charles is the oldest, though, isn't he? I don't even know who Prince Charles is. Prince Andrew is the Duke of York. There's a lot of tea going around with him right now, too, right? Isn't he? I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get sued. Yep. Yeah, I think Charles is the oldest. So this was the first royal wedding that was televised, I think. Don't quote me on that. Okay. So based on the time, I think it um I think it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was the eighties. I don't know. Anyway. Um so they in 1982, June of 1982, um, Diana gave birth to Prince William, who is now married to Kate Middleton. And they have how many kids together? Three? Two? Okay, so There's I know a the lot two. Of babies. I know the two as hair and no hair. No hair, so I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Prince William, um, he was born on. In June of 1982, and then on September 15th of 1984, Prince Harry was born. Um, Five years into their marriage, Charles picked up a relationship with his former girlfriend, Camilla. um, Camilla Parker Bowles. And then Diana started to you are absolutely right. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I don't get it. How? How do you have, like, literally one of the most perfect human beings to ever walk the earth well, as a wife? Well, let me say this sentence before you say that. <laughs> because immediately after that, Diana says, uh-uh, and starts a relationship with the writing instructor, the family writing instructor. Did she do it after? Yeah. So it's probably like a revenge thing. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Um, so in 1987, the press picks up on the couple's apparent um, misery, as quoted in the Wikipedia article. Oh. Um, things were tumultuous. They continue their extramarital affairs. There are several of them. It gets really messy. It was messy, okay? Like, I I don't have time to waste going through all the just mess that this was. <laughs> it was right? just a mess. It was It was ugly. Um, okay, 1992, intimate recordings between Charles and Camilla and the Diana and her current extramarital affair were leaked to the press. Yeah. Um, so in December of 1992, the two of them separate and then they finally divorce in the summer of 1996. This is getting really close. Yeah to yeah so it got ugly um now let's talk about diana a little bit and she 
she admittedly had mental health struggles and I'm going to go ahead right now and put in a um, content warning, a trigger warning for those of you who may be triggered by um, discussions of mental health issues, um, suicidality. Um, once we get to Diana's death, we all know what happened. There's no spoils, spoilers here, right? Um, it, there will be graphic discussion of, of what happened in the accident. Um, so if those things trigger you, this probably isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> we talk about lots of dark things here, but um, please feel free to tap out, you know, and we'll see you for like a Sasquatch episode go, or something. Yeah, we'll be go happy. Go listen to the birds aren't happy. real if you haven't already. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty tough. <laughs> okay. So um, Diana did have plenty of mental health struggles. She struggled with depression, bulimia, and self-harm um, throughout her life. Mm. Um, she actually admitted to, so when she was pregnant with Prince William, she had a tumble down the stairs. She admitted that she did that to herself, oh. um, threw herself down the stairs because she was feeling so inadequate. And that was one of the biggest beefs that I could tell um, between her and Prince Charles is that he harped on her inadequacy for him. As you said, men ain't shit. I was going to say, like, refer to my previous comments. <laughs> um, he he was very focused on her not being good enough for him. That's, okay. That's my, like, vibe from the royal family. Like, when you think Nobody's about, when someone says, like, royal family, mm -hmm. not not just even, like, you know, this royal family, right. but, like, any of any them. Any royal family. I think of, like, this facade of perfection right covering like a web of terrible people and terrible deeds and just not like corruption's the wrong word because it's just like debauchery right right like underneath this stucco like perfection image of mm -hmm. like oh look we're the royal family nice little pictures and like People Magazine puts us on the front page because we ate a, you know, turkey sandwich today. <laughs> and I, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. if you're going to be awful, right? Like, yeah, be awful, right. whatever. Well, and, and the royal family was notoriously shitty to Diana. I mean... Yeah, they didn't like her. No. Which, no. I mean, more recently, we've seen the same behavior towards yeah. um, and we'll we'll touch on that megan markle yeah yeah for Prince being Harry's a normie wife yeah well and because of the color of her skin oh yeah we're gonna go there oh we're gonna go there absolutely <laughs> um so you know it the diana was a very troubled woman and there's no denying that um i i haven't seen spencer yet have you heard of spencer no so kristen Stewart, that's her name, right? <laughs> From Twilight. Twilight, yeah. yeah. Okay, Kristen Stewart. Hands. Um, yeah, hands. <laughs> <laughs> hands are just so cool. <laughs> it's her and Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah, talking about hands. Do you remember when we lived in Rapid City and Shia LaBeouf was like driving through the Midwest, he like staying with you, anyways? Yeah. Okay, so back to back to Kristen Stewart. Um, there's a new movie out called Spencer. I don't know how new it is. I actually looked at it for monologues for my acting class. Um, 
where she plays Diana and apparently does an excellent job. Really? Um, that yeah. surprises me. Yeah, but I've heard it's kind of boring. I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews about it, but I'm very interested to see it. So, <laughs> that was just an aside. Um, but despite how troubled Diana was, um, she was great. She did great work, right? We can't talk about Diana without talking about her charity work and her humanitarian efforts, right? So, um, specifically, she was interested in um, serious illnesses like leprosy and AIDS. Um, she was very focused on destigmatizing AIDS and leprosy. There's um, there's an image yes. that immediately comes to mind mm-hmm. that I've seen about a hundred times. And every time it warms my little heart because like at the time AIDS was very stigmatized mm-hmm. and people were terrified of mm-hmm. it. And I think it was just like extremely misunderstood. Oh, absolutely. And it was also like homophobia was obviously pretty rampant mm-hmm. at the time as well. And it was related to that. And she shook hands yes. with um, someone who suffered from AIDS. Mm-hmm. And AIDS. Um, to show that, like, look, you're not going to catch it. Right. right. Like, you don't need to fear these people like that have this illness. Like, yeah. it's just a disease, right? So like, Diana was the first British royal figure that didn't actively avoid physical contact with patients with HIV AIDS. That's like Isn't such that a small thing. Yeah. Like it, it's a small act with such a massive impact. impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the same with leprosy. She touched people with leprosy because it's so wildly misunderstood. Mm-hmm to help destigmatize leprosy. So, um, well, and we've talked about this in the past where like, if you have a platform, mm-hmm. use it. There's, yeah, it's almost like it gets to the point where there's this responsibility to say like, look, if you want to like do good, use this tool, like yeah. utilize what you have. And she did that. Right. Yeah. Um, so additionally, she was part of the Halo Trust, which, um, I can't even read what I wrote. Oh, removes <laughs> landmines left behind during war. That's a, like a huge problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so she was actually, she worked to, um, her work on landmines and the removal of landmines, not actually working on landmines, um, was described as extremely influential in the signing of the Ottawa Treaty. Um, which bars the use of anti-personnel landmines in conflict. Yeah, um, I've heard of that before yes, in yes. history. So um, she also worked in cancer treatment hospitals, right, um, with bringing attention to and battling poverty, um, homelessness, um, and lots of mental health advocacy. So um, I think I read somewhere, let me look here, I want to fact check myself. She was part of like... She had like over 300, oh God, let me see. She had 191 official engagements in 1988 and 397 in 1991 regarding patronage and uh, charity work. Um, Dang. So the day after her divorce was finalized, she resigned from over 100 charities though um, and retained patronages to only six Centerpoint, the English National Ballet, 
um, Great Ormond Street Hospital, the Leprosy Mission, the National AIDS Trust, and the Royal Marston Hospital as well. Um, and then continued her work with the landmines, but no longer was that patron. So she still did lots of things following the divorce um, and, and received a pretty hefty settlement in the divorce as well. So, um, so following her divorce, she continued to live and work in Kensington Palace, right? Because she was the mother of the two future kings, right? right? Um, and then in the summer of 1997, she was in a relationship with a Dodi Fayed, um, who was 42 and an Egyptian film producer. She had several romantic relationships other than this, but this one is kind of key to the story. Um, one that is noteworthy, though, is her relationship with um, heart surgeon Hasnat Khan. He and Diana were secretly together for two years. Um, the relationship was kept very private, um, but her friends described him as the love of her life. Um, oh. Yeah. That relationship ended in July of 97, and then her relationship with um, Dodi Fayed started in August of 97. So, all of this <laughs> precursory work brings us to one very tragic moment um, of the day of her death. Yes. So, on August 30th of 1997, Diana and Dodi stopped in Paris following a nine-day excursion in the French and Italian Italian Riviera. Um, Mm, And they were stopping at the Hotel Ritz in Paris, which was owned by Mohamed El Fayed, um, who is the father. I, I am sorry if I'm totally butchering that name um he was Dodi Fayed's father um let's see so the couple was leaving to visit Muhammad I believe in his apartment that he owned in Paris and they had a decoy vehicle leave from the front of the hotel um so that they could get through the back because the paparazzi were Awful. The press was horrible to Diana, which we were seeing a lot of the same with Meghan Markle. Um, So, on, so they exited from the back of the hotel, um, and then on August thirty first, at twelve twenty three a.m. at the entrance of the Ponte Lalma Tunnel, eyewitnesses report a swarm of paparazzi motorcycles around the Mercedes that was being driven by Henry Paul, who was um, the driver and the security manager of the Ritz in Mm -hmm. Paris. Um, And he loses control of the vehicle. So, um, we know that he was driving twice the speed limit. The speed limit was... I think around 31 miles per hour. I don't know kilometers per hour See, I, for that. I vaguely recall like reading somewhere that he was going like 100 miles an hour or something it, crazy. It was like 120 kilometers per hour. Which is like... Which is 65 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they struck the right-hand wall of the tunnel, swerved left into oncoming traffic, and then hit a pillar. The paparazzi arrived on scene. They were following closely behind the vehicle, obviously. 
That's why eyewitnesses report seeing a swarm. So the decoy didn't work? The decoy did not work, no. Um, And some paparazzi immediately hop off their bikes and, like, go to help others start taking photographs of of the accident. Um, One was actually sued. I don't know if I put this later on. For um, opening the door of the vehicle and taking photos of the victims. Have you ever seen the movie Nightcrawler? I've not, no. Oh, man. I don't know if you would like it because it's... um, What is his name? I want to say Jake Gyllenhaal, but uh, it's not Jake (laughs) Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to check really quick because um, it is Jake Gyllenhaal. Is it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. I was thinking of, like, who plays Thor? <laughs> Those guys. There's, like, two brothers. Is that a Hemsworth? Yeah, the two Hemsworth boys. Yeah. That's who I was thinking Jake Gyllenhaal was. I think it's Chris. Was. I'm so Liam confused. was the one that was married to Miley. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, he gets into news and gets to be, like, um, first on the crime scene, right? So he's one of those people that, like sits in his car and um listens to police scanners yeah Mm -hmm. and then it devolves from there and i won't like spoil the movie because it's a fantastic movie for anyone you know i won't watch it you can spoil it for me after the podcast yeah yeah but essentially it does it devolves uh Mm -hmm. to the point where he starts like causing crimes to be able to to write about to be the first one there ew and like it's crazy to to hear that and know that like that's not super unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably, like, terrible paparazzi people that oh, are yeah. just like, I'm going to cause a car accident. Yeah. So I can take pictures of it. Right. And, like, um, TMZ. Mm-hmm. Right? With... Um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, where his his wife found didn't, out didn't know. Yeah. from their, like, reports. reports. That's horrible yeah super messed up and this is like in the same vein of that like yeah. journalism can go too far so far right right um so the police arrived at the scene at 12 30 a.m and immediately arrested five photographers um later detained two more and confiscated all of the um film and the witnesses beat the hell out of another photographer so (laughs) i he was being unhelpful apparently and they just beat the crap out of him um so there were four occupants of the vehicle there was princess diana um dodi fayed trevor reese jones who was dodi fayed's bodyguard and then of course henry paul who was the security manager at the ritz okay so Trevor Reese Jones and Diana were still conscious upon police arriving at the accident. Um, and by some miracle, an off-duty doctor um, had arrived on the scene and said that she had no visible injuries at the time of the accident. Um, I did read a horrible account of, because she was conscious, she's reported to have been saying, oh my God, oh my God. And people are, you know, the paparazzi are yelling and taking her photos. And she's just like, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, and like to know that those were some of her last words is just super haunting. Well, like, like that's her last experience, yeah, too. Like, yeah, it super messed up. Yeah, um, Henry Paul was dead upon removal from the vehicle, and Fayed was he died shortly after 
in the vehicle or after removal. Um, so they died on scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for the record, they were on the driver's side of the vehicle and Diana and the bodyguard were on the other side. Diana and the, um, Diana and Dodie were in the back seat and the bodyguard and the, and Henry Paul were in the front. Right. Um, so Diana was removed from the vehicle and went into cardiac arrest immediately after she was resuscitated and then transported to the hospital, arrived at the hospital at 206 AM. Um, however, her heart had been displaced in her chest. Um, so yeah, her, her heart had been moved from the left side to the right side. Um, in the pulmonary vein and the pericardium, which is the sac that contains your heart, like the muscle sac or something, whatever. I'm pissing off some cardiologist here. Um, <laughs> that contains your heart had been torn. And so her her injuries were too great and she died yeah. at 4 o'clock a.m. approximately. So she was alive for like a while. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. And I don't know, of course, how conscious she was. Or, but God, just like to be thinking of your kids. You know what I yeah. mean? Like... Uh, it makes me sick. Mm-hmm. So that is the demise of, of Princess Diana. We'll so sit fast. with that for a second. Yeah. It, it's so sudden and so unnecessary, right? Like, so. I also have heard that he was, the driver was like under the influence. Yes. Yeah. So before we go into conspiracies, I want to simply state what we know about the accident. Um, so Diana and the others died as a result of the crash. We know that for a fact. Um, Henry Paul was intoxicated and under the influence. Now, they say he was under the influence of prescription drugs. It was it was an antidepressant. So I don't know oh. how under the influence he could have been from that. But his blood alcohol content was 0.228% converted to the U.S., which is over three times the legal limit in France. Wow. Yeah. Um an inquest between 2007 and 2008 did deem Diana's death um, a quote-unquote unlawful killing based on the negligence and recklessness of Henry Paul and the paparazzi. Oh, so the paparazzi were included. Yes, yes. That's interesting. Um, I think later they were acquitted, and I don't, I don't think anybody was actually held accountable. And, of course, Henry Paul was dead, so... Nobody's ever held accountable yeah. for anything. Yeah. So, um, so that, those are the facts. Them's the facts. Them's the rules. The accident. Um, so now we can move on to the conspiracies. And I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't compress all of this because There's too many. They're all intertwined. Oh. Yeah. So let's start with the MI6. Do you know anything about the MI6? Uh, they're like special forces, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're the secret intelligence service. Yeah, so they do foreign intelligence for the UK. I listened to a um, a cybersecurity podcast, mm-hmm. and he's actually had some interviews. What podcast is it? Just in um, case anyone else is interested, it's called Darknet Diaries. Yes, yes. And it's so good. There's so many episodes, and um, he's had some interviews with people that were in MI6. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. I think. I think. Because that sounds really familiar. Like. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I think they do like cyber now. But I'm sure. Let me just say, like, instead of saying they were definitely in MI6, they were in, like, British intelligence, like, cyber intelligence. And, like, so I also worked in cybersecurity, like, yeah. for the Air Force. And right. it's, like, 
kind of secret, right? But, like, they're on a whole nother level. Yeah, right. Of, it's kind of like the CIA. Yeah, like, yeah. they can't tell their spouses mm-hmm. and their family, like, wild, what they do. It? They have, like, cover stories, right? Like, it's a whole nother level of stuff, so. Crazy. Yeah. Um. So, the MI6 was indicated by Richard Tomlinson originally, um, who was a former MI6 officer who was dismissed from service um, and spent five months in prison for a breach of the Official Secrets Act of 1989. I didn't look into what his breach was. Um, He claimed in France's 1999 inquest into the accident um, that the MI6 was involved in the death of Diana, um, that they had been monitoring Diana's movement prior to the deaths, which I'm sure they were watching Diana. <laughs> like, yeah, that's their obviously. job. Um, and that her death mirrored the plans for the 1992 assassination of the president of Serbia. Um, so hold that in your brain, okay? Okay. Tomlinson also indicated that Henry Paul was um, giving information to the MI6. So the driver was Mm -hmm. an agent at the MI6. This was further perpetuated by Mohammed Afaid, Dodi's father, um, who also stated that he alleged that Henry Paul was working for the MI6 and that they had set up this accident. Um, so then we move on to a second conspiracy that there was, I don't even, it's just like a mystery. Some eyewitnesses report a massive, like flash of white light at the time. I think of the I've accident. heard of this one. Yeah. Like a blinding. Yes, exactly. That made him swerve. Right, right. And that is where the... The conspiracy from Tomlinson kind of ties in again because that's how the assassination of the president of Serbia was done was in a vehicle and they had a strobe light and it screwed up the driver's vision or something. I mean... And caused the accident. Really? That's an iffy way to assassinate somebody. (laughs) I mean, there are more surefire ways, but... Yeah. I mean... Now, don't, don't don't go making any claims and getting the FBI on us here. No, I'm just saying, like, that's that's a good way if you want to, like, make have it some like plausible accident? deniability yeah. Yeah. and really make it look like an accident. Right. But there's no guarantee. Right. So there is the claim that this flash of white light incapacitated Henry Paul that caused the accident. Um, but the reports of that are very inconsistent, like of the presence of the white light. Like some people remember seeing it, some people don't. What we know is the eyewitness testimony sucks, right? Yeah, like it's bad. So bad. Flashbulb memories are bad. Trauma is terrible for memory, right? Like yeah. so. Um, yeah. Okay. So then we come to a white Fiat. Okay. This is all still somehow tied together. Okay, it's, it's messy. Um, so, analysis of the wrecked vehicle, the wrecked Mercedes, showed that the car came in fleeting contact with a white Fiat Uno. 
which witnesses report flood the scene. Okay. Okay. Another fishy thing about this, just a side note, none of the CCTV footage was recording. Nothing was recorded at the time of the accident. I I feel like that's always the case. Yeah. Like, oh, so, okay. My mom and I used to binge first 48. <laughs> I, I also have binged the first yeah. 48. <laughs> and a lot of murders mm-hmm. are like drug deals gone wrong or right. just angry people with a gun and they just like shoot somebody outside of a bar mm-hmm. or um sometimes like robberies gone wrong where it's like at a convenience store or something yeah. right um and every single time they're like let's look at the footage cctv <laughs> and it's like oh it wasn't turned on it's like what well, why, why do we, we pay have this? for this right? Why exactly. do we have cameras exactly. all over the place? Um, so, we know that a white Fiat flood the scene. Over 4,000 vehicles were ruled out as being involved in the accident. Um, so, Mohamed El-Fayed claims that French photojournalist Jean-Paul James Andenson um, was also a me- member of the MI6 Mm. apparently, according to Elfaid, um, and was the driver of the Fiat Uno and helped conspire this Ooh. accident. Okay. Um, Andenson did own a white Fiat Uno. However, the French government deemed it unroadworthy at the time of the accident. It was nine years old. It had, like, tons and tons of miles on it. So they said, oh, there's no way it was his car because it was old. Okay. Okay. Um, Andenson was found dead in his burnt vehicle in 2000. Oh, my God. And his official cause of death was ruled suicide. However. (laughs) Oh, the book dropped. The book dropped. His body was found with his head detached from the body, sitting in Uh. between the two seats. And there was a single hole in his left temple. Obviously, what he did was set up a Rube Goldberg machine, (laughs) which would cut off his head, Mm -hmm. shoot him, and then set his vehicle on fire, and then roll away to get rid of the evidence of the machine. But why would his head fall off then? The the Rube Goldberg, that was another step. Oh, okay, got it. Push his head over... So, his you know. head was found between the front seats. There was a hole in his left temple. Um, friends did report that he had talked, and why this is something you would talk about, I don't know, um, about pouring gas on his car and lighting it up with a cigar as a means to suicide prior to his death. But that still doesn't explain. But the decapitation? So, again. And the hole in his head was ruled from heat. They said that the heat from the fire did that. Don't you hate when like you you like touch the the stove top and, your and head it's hot just explodes. and there's just it just puts a hole in your hand. Oh, it's the it's worst. The worst. So I've seen. I'm confident in saying that I've seen every episode of Forensic Files. Yeah, absolutely. I may have and been asleep not, for a few of them. Absorbed from like. Awesome. Yeah, because this used to be like our nap show. Yeah. Like when we needed to take a nap, you put on Forensic Files because it's the same voice 
and it just rolls from one episode to the next and it's so soothing just calm discussion of murder and but my point is there's a lot of episodes where someone attempted to make a murder look like a suicide Mm -hmm. and it's so fascinating to me how they figure it out every Mm -hmm. time and there was like it's always like a husband wife right oh always and and it's like oh well the the entry wound was on the like the side of his head that he's not like that's not his dominant dominant hand hand, yeah and also like there's no gunpowder residue or like there's blood on like the inside of his hand yeah and he couldn't have been holding the gun. This dude had his head not on his body mm-hmm. with a hole in it. Yep. And they're like... It was the fire. It was the... Well, I, I just imagine they're like looking at it and they're like, hmm, I bet he killed himself. And it's like, but what about the the head over there? And it's like, yeah, I bet it just fell off because <laughs> the fire... And it's like, but there's a bullet hole. I see it right there. It's like, no, that was yeah. the fire. The fire like, shot him. <laughs> the fire shooting at us. The fire shot him in the head, obviously. <laughs> um, Death so by fire shooting. That's, that is a wrap on the MI6 involvement in the accident. Anytime someone is tangentially involved in something and then they mysteriously die within five years. Yeah. That's it. That's the (laughs) Occam's razor. They, they know they, they knew what was up. Yeah. Um, so, but there is another theory with the Fiat. So, um, Lay Van Tan was a 22 year old, a taxi driver, um, who owned a, Fiat that was identical to the one fleeing the scene. Mm. And his image was described as being very similar to the person that people saw leaving the scene of the accident. I, like I said, I don't know about all that. Um, however, hours following the crash, he wakes up his mechanic brother and is like, help, I need, I need help painting my car red. Come on. The French government said that he didn't do it because he said he was at work. However, work says he left early that night. Yeah. I don't, like... And it's entirely plausible that he was at the scene of the accident. Yeah, because he's a taxi driver. Yeah. Um, So, that is kind of a wrap on that massive conspiracy theory. Man, there's a lot of like, eh, yeah, seems pretty reasonable. So now we get to what I feel like is, I don't want to say more likely. I don't want to get sued. Um, more plausible? Maybe. So as we know, Diana was in a relationship with Dodie Fayed. Um who was um, towards the darker end of the spectrum, correct? He was a Muslim Egyptian. Yeah, so that's, per the royal family, that's two strikes. Yes. So the crown did not appreciate the idea of the mother of the future king being associated with a man who was Egyptian and Muslim. 
Um, Which gets me because the the UK has mm-hmm. a very high population of Muslims. Mm-hmm. And and maybe this wasn't the case in the nineties, but I know it is today. Yeah. So like, get over yourself. I, I, don't ask me. Um, there are rumors now. A lot of these rumors come from Muhammad Al Fayed, who sounds like he was just spitting them out. He was a grieving father. Right. Can you really blame him for looking for someone to blame yeah, for his dead I get son? It. Like well, I, I, don't I can't get it, blame but, him. I can't. Yeah fault him for that um but there were rumors that they would be announcing their engagement the next monday which would have been september 1st um and that diana was pregnant with dodie's child however there was no um presence of hcg in her Mm. blood however she was embalmed very quickly after her death and people say that may have affected something i don't know the science there um but I think when people think of how Diana died, it's less of thinking about the MI6 and more thinking about the Crown did it. Yeah. Um, the Crown has the power to do it, and the Crown had the power to do it through the MI6. I don't know. It also could have just been a really horrible accident because Henry Paul was drunk and the paparazzi sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Occam's razor here is that, like, dude was drunk. Yeah. And when and you drive drunk, you crash. Please don't drive drunk. Like, it's it's much easier yeah. to crash, right? Yeah. And going twice the speed limit, like, granted, I would imagine, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I've lived in states that have ridiculously high speed yes. limits. <laughs> but I feel like 60 miles an hour, 65, isn't a lot. It's a lot when you hit a concrete wall. Yeah, I guess that's the, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, so did you already say that I crashed? I said that you crashed. Yeah. yeah. So I crashed a motorcycle during the testing, and I crashed it fifteen miles an hour, maybe ten, ten it to hurt fifteen, it. and it hurt. Like <laughs> I bounced. Yeah. So yeah, you were really sore the next day. So my hand still hurts. <laughs> it's I been two weeks. I know, but anyway. Um, I felt bad because I had a brand new helmet from, like, the school provided a brand new helmet. I mean, <laughs> it's not brand new anymore. <laughs> but anyway. It protected your head, yeah. so I don't really care. Uh, you paid for the liability yeah. for the helmet. So, like, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, 60's a lot when you stop suddenly. Yeah. Well, and not only hit, but you bounce. And yeah. hit another vehicle and I stop didn't... on a pillar. I've never heard of someone's heart moving. No, to a I can't imagine the force that body. it took. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because like your whole body's designed for that not to happen, yeah. for, like to protect so, your heart. I mean, like, I guess to me, the crown being responsible because of the color of Diana's partner's skin. I mean, considering the way that they've treated Meghan Markle, and the way that the British press treated Meghan Markle. And still treats Meghan Markle for mm-hmm. being brown. I, it's it's, scary. it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think any of this really is, right? Yeah. There's a show um, on Netflix called House of Cards. Mm-hmm. stars Kevin Spacey. And it's kind of like um, an exaggerated story of 
the power that comes from like political position Mm -hmm. and things like that and money and like wealth and it's kind of scary to think that that's real yeah and if you think about um i just heard a story about uh i don't remember his name but he's a russian opposition like he's the the head of like russian opposition he was the one that was poisoned yes um, a few years ago yes well his prison sentence just like he just went to trial for like essentially nothing and was obviously found guilty and stuff like that but it's Mm -hmm. like the power that that comes with wealth and like just having that kind of power like you can get away with murder yeah like people do right and and then like we don't find out about a lot of this stuff right because that's the whole point but like it does happen so it's scary to think about like yeah they probably have the power to Mm -hmm. do that and to make all the evidence go away yeah yeah and i i hate to say that because i feel like that kind of fuels some ridiculous conspiracy theories to think that people have power to do like you know injecting chips in people's arms or something like people think that there's like the power to do that or like to um cheat on an election or something like just just some examples (laughs) but there are like some of these ideas aren't totally unrealistic right right like especially if you think back to like the 90s right Mm -hmm. where like we had technology but oh the cameras weren't working that day like i don't know that's the kind of stuff that you can just make happen Mm -hmm. when you've got that kind of power it's wild. Yeah. So, that's that's Diana's story. That's so sad. It's, I feel it's like, awful. You know, the she she did a lot for the world, mm-hmm. right? But like the potential to think if she was still alive. Isn't that like always the sad thing about young people dying though? Yeah. How it's old like, was she when she died? In her thirties, right? I want to say thirty-six. Diana, Princess of Wales. Let's see. Yes, 36 years old. With two boys. I yeah. just can't. I was... Um, fathom that. I started listening to another podcast about, um, like, talking about the death of Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, 20, like, 21, I think. I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah. And um, they had an interview with a guy who said he remembers when it came out, like when they they said it on the radio. And his first thought was every song I've ever heard from him, like every song that's out right now is all there ever will be. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's easy to quantify that with an artist, like a musician Mm -hmm. like that. But you can't quantify what she did. Yeah. In humanitarian efforts, in just bridging gaps and changing the status quo you can't quantify a lot of those things and to think that like when she died that's all 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 that she did was all that she would ever do do. yeah Yeah. but i mean her boys harry especially have carried on her legacy yeah beautifully and i just want to say like the look that she defined she was a fashion icon okay oh my god (laughs) I, I 
still like draw inspiration from so, from Princess Di. So when we lived in South Dakota, one of the things I purchased was a bunch of like almost knee high like winter socks, like like thick wool socks. And I don't wear them anymore. I do. Because Kristen steals them. I do. And wears them with biking tennis shorts. shoes and biking shorts. And, and oversized sweaters. An oversized sweater. It's my dye fit. Yeah. And it looks great. Thanks, babe. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's one thing we can quantify is that she defined a fashion look. Yeah. Oh, plenty of them. That's still. Plenty of them. It, in 2020, Timeless. 2022 looks amazing. Thanks. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm sad now. I am too. We got to do Sasquatch next. Uh, chupacabras are up next. Chupacabras are and up. that's your episode. Yeah, we're going to order Taco Bell. We're going to talk about <laughs> chupacabras. We're going to have no, some. No, we're going to get good tacos Topo from somewhere. Chico. Yeah. What do you mean we're going to get good tacos? When you graduated from college. No. When I, I found said, out I got into grad school. Okay. When you, same thing. When no. you found out you got into grad school, I said, I will take you to any restaurant in like a reasonable driving distance, whatever that was. But granted, this is in South Dakota. So there's, nothing was there's like 10 restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they were, there were steakhouses and there were, other steakhouses. I should have gone to Fuji. And Kristen's like, honestly, I just want Taco Bell. She's like, can I order whatever I want? And I was like, absolutely. And I mean, we got the menu. Mm-hmm. You got like seven we different things. Feast, yeah. And it was all disgusting. And <laughs> I ate every bit of it. It was delicious. And my belly hurt for three days. And it was like $22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I got like four Frito burritos. Yep. Was, we felt horrible. Chalupas. But yeah, you should have got something else. Yeah. That I, was I a missed opportunity. It. It's okay. It, it was a, you know, it was foreshadowing of how the rest of my grad school experience yeah. is going to go. <laughs> Sounds great in theory, but in practice. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was more than $22. Yeah, there was a lot of trauma involved. I spent more than $22 on therapy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we will see you guys next week for a conversation about chupacabras. Yep. Bring your topo chicos. Bring your topo chicos. Your survey says <laughs> don't drink and drive, get vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Cryptic and Colloquial, a cacophony of crimes, cults, and conspiracies. I'm Kristen. And I'm Dylan. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Dumpster fire. My ear hurts so bad. No, my.